Hey moms, Brie here. Question, have you ever found yourself at a loss for words when it comes to helping your athlete daughter? Specifically, before a game when she's feeling super nervous and you just want her to be confident or in that car ride home when she's being hard on herself and you just want her to also see the good things she did out there. Now, if you have, you're not alone. It's so hard to know what to say to get her out of her head and start believing in herself. That's why I'm excited to share about our four-day What to Say Challenge happening this month. This challenge is specifically designed for moms of girl athletes to help you know what to say to build her confidence without making things worse or causing her to shut down. Even if you're often met with things like, you have to say that, you're my mom. Over the four days, we'll be together for short trainings to give you strategies and scripts so you'll never be stuck wondering what to say again. The challenge is happening May 14th through 17th, and registration is open now for early bird pricing. So you get 60% off the challenge, and you can hop in for just $19. Head to sportsmom.fyi forward slash challenge to register. That's also linked in the show notes. We kick off on Monday, May 13th with our pre-party, and I hope to see you there. Welcome back to the Raising Unstoppable Girl Athletes podcast. I'm Coach Bree, an elite competitor coach for girl athletes, and I'm so happy that you are here. Whether you are just getting started on this journey with your daughter, or you have a lot of sports seasons under your belt, you're in the right place to help your daughter level up and play with confidence. I have the pleasure today to bring you an interview that I had with Katie, who is a soccer mom, to Devin, who is a soccer player. And we chatted all about Devin's soccer journey as an athlete who has big goals. Devin has been playing competitive soccer for a number of years. And while she is physically gifted, physically talented, and a very good player, like many athletes often struggled with some self-doubt around that and was struggling with not believing she was as good as she was. And her mom, Katie, recently went through the Elite Competitor Program with Devin. And we're talking about kind of what was key to Devin's development of confidence as she went through the program, kind of what she was experiencing, what changed in her approach and Katie's approach, and also what strategies Devin found most useful to help her play with confidence and compete as the athlete that she knows she is. Now, before I get into the episode, I have a shout out for Devin because recently she sent me a text. This is after we recorded this episode. She sent me this text that said, hey, I made the higher team that I wanted to make in soccer and the highest level coach said that I did really good too. So Devin's work is definitely paying off, not just her physical work, but the work she is doing on the mental side of the game. So Devin, congratulations. I love to see that these strategies are still working for you. You are still committed to it and that it's paying off. So go ahead and enjoy this episode. This is going to be a great one. If you have an athlete really at any stage in the game, if she has goals of enjoying her sport, of leveling up, potentially playing a little bit better than what she is right now, if your daughter has that goal for herself and you want to know how to help her, this episode will be very useful. So go ahead and enjoy this interview with Katie and Devin. Hello, hello. Welcome, Katie and Devin, to the Raising Unstoppable Girl Athletes podcast. How are you both? Good. Good, thank you. I am so excited to dive into this interview because 
Katie and Devin have both kind of been sending me updates throughout their time, the Elite Predator program, and I've heard some really cool stories. And so I feel honored that I get to have you here (laughs) in person talk about it all. So let's kick this off. Katie, I'll start with you. Can you just tell me where you're from, how many athletes you have under your roof right now and you know, what sports they play? Devin, I'll have you kind of explain what sports, but Katie, kick us off. Okay. I'm Katie. I'm originally from New Jersey, Dallas resident for the last nine years. And I have two daughters, Ashley, who just turned 16 and Devin 13. And we started the program because of Devin, who is our soccer player slash former elite competitive gymnast. And her sister, Ashley, is a top ranked archer in the state of Texas. Very cool. Devin, I didn't know you were a competitive gymnast, or maybe I didn't know that, but I'm being reminded. I used to be like super competitive, but I still do tumbling, like the flipping part. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. We were talking before we hit record about, we were kind of debating like, is archery, not really just a sport, but like, is it an athletic sport? Devin says no. Um, <laughs> well, it just doesn't take like that much coordination, like ball and running. Right, right. Yeah. It's totally different ball game. And I was sharing that I coached archery for four years. And I will say that it is tricky and it is challenging and it's not as easy as just like, okay, aim more to the right. And yeah, it's hard, but like (laughs) a lot of, a lot of mental, like 99% mental problems. Yeah. Yeah. A little arm strength in there. Yeah. But you're not going to like, you know, get your heart rate up. Well, you could get really nervous, I guess. (laughs) That's about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, Devin, your mom introduced a little bit about which, about what sports you play, but Tell us in your own words. How old are you? What Um, level are you playing at? I'm 13 years old and I play competitive soccer for the Dallas Texans. I have like my practice on. I just joined this team this year. Nice. Okay. So you just were on that team, but how long have you been playing soccer in total? Well, I played when I was like super little on like a YMCA team, Mm -hmm. but like competitively, like about five years, five or six years. Yeah. Since she quit gymnastics. Okay. So yeah, that was the switch. Very cool. Okay. Well, we're going to get more into some of this story as we go along, but I recently received a little message that it came my way and it said something like this. And I was like, who sent you that? So <laughs> it, it said this, Devin mentioned that things that helped her improve just overall in her soccer skills were number one, the elite competitor program, which I was super honored to hear that private training soccer coach and her new team and coach. So there were some significant things that have helped you improve Devin and the elite competitor program was one of them. Can you just tell us like in what ways was the elite competitor program so transformative for you? How did that contribute to your improvement? Well, before I did it, I was like not confident. I'm a midfielder and you're supposed to pass, but also take some dribbling and shots. Every time I got the ball, I went to pass. Now I always thought, cause I'm like pretty short, like under five feet. I was always like, oh, everybody's too big. I just, I'm not going to be able to like, beat them because they're so much bigger than me. But then I also couldn't recover from mistakes easily. Whenever I made one mistake, I was like, the whole game's over. I just take me off the field. But now after I did that, I've been so much more confident and I learned a lot of techniques to help you like reset and snap back from mistakes, especially the snapback routine. And I'm not like a ball hog, but I take some opportunities for myself rather than just give them all away. Yeah. yeah, It's helped me a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. We're going to dive into more specifics too, but just what you said there was so great because 
First of all, Devin, like what you were describing is very normal. We always say that if, when you decide you're going to be an athlete, whatever sport that you're interested in, whether that is competitive gymnastics or soccer or archery, whatever it is, you also sign up to experience a variety of things, mistakes, public failure and humiliation. Like most <laughs> adults aren't out there in front of like other adults like trying to do something and then failing at it and then wondering what everyone's thinking. Like, ooh, it's it's kind of, it's hard. Setbacks, disappointments, like you will face these things. And so the fact that you were recognizing that like I was facing these things, I wasn't handling them well. And hey, here's the thing. Most people don't teach athletes how to like go through those things. They don't, they don't teach that. And so that's all very normal. And the difference between athletes that are enjoying their sport and playing the potential and the ones that aren't are the ones that actually know how to get through those things. And so it sounds like you learn tools to be able to handle that. So cool. Okay. Katie, what did you, and again, I, you know, I asked this, but we're not definitely like, I'll say this again, nothing's wrong with you. This is very normal, but <laughs> we do want to see kind of like, like paint us the picture of what it looked like before joining the elite competitor program. What were you seeing? Oh, of, about Devin? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, no, Devin has always been an incredible athlete from the time she was four and they asked her to be on the competitive gym team, like everywhere she has ever been, coaches love her. She has all the talent in the world. And my husband also plays soccer. So he is very close to the mentality of it, but she's always just kind of lacked that belief in herself, no matter how good she was, like she still had doubts. And I do think a lot of it was from, she is petite and it's a rough game and the girls are big and you know some people don't care and some do but we just always kind of felt like oh there's like this missing piece where she's not you know whether yeah like there's just something missing that's holding her back from the most that she could be and it's that sort of fearless belief in yourself that you know and kind of what we talked about you're afraid to make mistakes that's okay you don't have to be perfect every time. And that was a big thing when you talked about perfectionism that I think really hit home for Devin. It's just, it's okay. You know, you don't get better if you just keep doing the safe thing every time. If you just pass the ball and then are done, you know, but if you try to be like, it's okay if I don't get it perfect, but I'm going to take it further down or do whatever move, you're going to be a much better player. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, logically, you probably said all of these things to Devin, right? Like before you were <laughs> yes, in the program, yes, Devin's like, yes. yeah, you sound like, yes, mom. Yes. I get Many it. years of that. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, as, as a parent, you know, what, what were you trying that just felt like, like it's just not clicking. It's not working. We need to, we need to get more support. Well, I guess for me, I'm a very positive and like, I can do anything if I put my mind to it kind of person. And it was hard for me, who is not a great natural athlete, (laughs) to be like, how are you not believing in yourself when you're so good at something that doesn't make any sense? You don't even need to like false confidence to push you through it. And I feel like my husband many times is kind of like, oh, I wish we could take her to like a sports psychologist but she would never go for something like that. And then I kind of stumbled across ECP in my social media. And I think you were doing the training and I was like, all right, I'm just going to watch by myself and see like what I think about this. And I watched it. I took some notes. I was like, this kind of sounds like exactly what she could use. 
So I kind of mentioned it to her offhand and just sort of gauge her reaction. It wasn't negative. Like it wasn't like, yes, let's do this, but it wasn't negative. So I was like, I feel like that's enough. Sometimes Devin just has to leave the door ajar to let you push it through, you know, but so we signed up and did it. And for me and for Devin, I think the very first, the whole kind of first bit of it, the idea that this is not like a you specific problem, because when you go on the field, everybody's kind of seeming like they're confident and they got it. And if you're doubting yourself, it's like, oh, I'm the only person that feels this way. And then all of a sudden was like, as I kind of explained to her, if there's a whole program of this, there must be a lot of people that feel this way. And I think for Devin kind of opened her mind, like, okay, this is like a normal situation people have to learn to deal with. And as you describe things in like the very first unit for the athlete lesson, it was just sort of like bells, like ding, 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 perfection, mistake, like all the kind of buzzwords. All of a sudden she was, I think like the wheels were turning, like I could get into this. This does seem like something that I'm open to. It would be helpful for me. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, what about from your perspective, Devin, when, when you first heard about the program, can you talk about like, I mean, your mom said it was not like you were like, oh yes, let's all let's go. And that's typical (laughs) of most athletes too. But can you describe you know, what you were thinking when your mom introduced it. And then as you got into it, what were you thinking? At first I was like kind of iffy about it. Like I wasn't really super enthusiastic because I just, I'll never be able to be confident or whatever. But then as we got into it, whenever I wasn't feeling myself, but whenever I wasn't energetic, I was like, no, I don't want to do it because then it'll just be unfair and pressing because I'm not happy right now. But whenever I was in a really good mood and I tried it and I was like, oh, this seems like it could help. And then whenever I like fully gave my effort, it really worked. And I realized that. So I always gave my effort, but it really helped. You're like the perfect example of what we always say. You really get out of the program, what you put into it. I know that's like a cliche thing, but it's like, when you decide this can work and this will work. And like you said, I gave my full effort to it that's when athletes get the best results. And so it's really no surprise to me that you were having good results, that you were experiencing, you know, the transformation that comes from having these skills because you decided this is going to work for me. And that's the power of your mind too, right? Like when you go in with that mindset, it really does pay off. I'm curious, what were your favorite parts of the program? Snapback routine. Yeah. Okay. Because that was like one of my main problems, not being confident, which it didn't necessarily exactly lead to me making mistakes, but it didn't help me whenever I made mistakes because everybody could do this like pass or dribble so much better than me. And it just like wasn't helping. And so whenever I figured out how to do that, and if I made like a bad pass or a bad shot or a bad throwing or whatever I did, I just like, okay. And I did my snapback routine and it reset me a lot. Yeah. And I also like all the visualization techniques, especially the whiteboard one and the brave one. Because like the whiteboard one, I feel like I can really visualize it. Yeah, those are like very, we call them really tangible things. It's not just we're talking about concepts. It's these are things that you use every day in your training and your practice. If you're feeling like, okay, I'm feeling a little off, let's do a visualization. And the snapback routine really is based. I mean, it's very simple, but it's based in psychology on how our brain responds when we're in a, in a dysregulated state. I know that's kind of like, a, these are big words, but you know, <laughs> you utilize these techniques to help 
your body kind of get back to where you can perform best. So very cool. Katie, two questions first, because I mean, you know this, but those that are listening that might not know the program is for athletes and for moms. So there's half of it for athletes, you know, and it's developing those foundational skills that athletes need to perform well in their sport without having to go to a sports psychologist. Like you mentioned sports psychologists, like it's very intensive and, yeah. you know, it's it kind of like, like a lot for a 13 yeah. year old. <laughs> yeah. So, and this is like, this gives you the foundation that you need. And then the other half is for sports parents on how to support their athlete daughters, like what to say, not to say, kind of working on our own confidence. So first question is around what you noticed in Devin. And then I'm just curious, did you notice anything in yourself as you were going through the mom side? So let's start first with what you saw in Devin. Okay. I would say with Devin, I felt like she just was so much more aware of how her mind was affecting her. And if it was going good and she was off the charts, then that was great. You know, everybody can do well on a good day. But when it was bad, like she knew, like she talked a lot about the hot cocoa breath. Like she kind of had like things in place that she knew to do while she was on the field to like switch directions again, you know, if, if a mistake happened. So for me, I just felt like she was really just giving herself kind of the grace to make a mistake and like get back in it. You know, the game, you don't have to be like, you made a mistake. It was so terrible that the coach pulled you off onto the bench. And then you just had to sit there and like, you know, no, like hurry up, get the next play going good. And like, forget that that happened. So I feel like that was really a big, and when Devin would kind of doubt herself and things, if we were talking outside of, the field, you know, at home or something, as I mentioned to you, she would say like, that wasn't ECP Devin, or I, I need to be ECP Devin. I love it. Yes. That, no, that's so, because we talk, Devin, I'm not sure if you've been on a live, on one of our coaching calls where we talked about the alter ego technique. I don't think you have. I don't think so. Okay. But it's, it's that idea that you kind of have, you get to decide how you want to show up. I mean, it's very similar to the inner elite competitor, the idea that like the very beginning of the program, but it's, you know, there's a whole kind of method around it that you get to decide like who you're going to be on, on the field. So it's like, okay, today I'm going to be ECP Devin and whatever that means to you, like confident, coming back from mistakes, being aggressive and old Devin is like, Oh, that's my, I'm my brain went back to old Devin for a second there. I was beating myself up. And so like, that's actually the fact that you did that is actually like, you know, whether you did or your mom was talking about it, like it's, it's actually a really useful strategy that's rooted in research. So like being able to visualize and, and embody like, okay, this is ECP Devin. This is what ECP Devin does. And that's how I'm going to show up versus old Devin. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. And Katie, what about when you're kind of going through the mom side, was there anything that stood out there for you? For me, I think the most important, and we even forced her dad to watch this because he can be a very intense spectator and car ride home kind of person to put it lightly. But for me, I guess I felt really, especially the first few units where you taught how to support your daughter, because I know I do a lot of just all the cliche things. You got this, you know, and some of the things that you talked about kind of where you said like, it's okay to be like your nerves is like, you're ready. Like just kind of reframe how you see your nerves, but not like, you're not nervous. You're fine. You got this. You know, I kind of did that sort of stuff all the time and it really wasn't doing much. And now I just try to listen a little bit more. And if we're in the car ride home, kind of take my cue from her, how she feels and 
So I guess trying to be more and not coaching as much. (laughs) That's always a hot topic in our community. Trying to to cool on that a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Devin, did you notice that? Like how, do you think that it impacted your relationship with, with your parents, the fact that they were doing their own work to help you? My mom, she was always like positive, even if I did bad. And my dad, he, he's going better because he usually likes to like give me advice during the games. But like my coach doesn't like it when he does that because he's like, I'm the coach. But he's gotten better about it. Yeah, cool. Well, I do want to kind of hear a little bit about these stories. So Devin, there is like a pretty cool story that I want you to share. <laughs> and I you got it. Katie, you can fill in the details from your perspective too. But it was a pretty big moment in your career so far. So you can fill in the details leading up to this, but the gist of it is that from what I understand, your team that you're on currently, like your new team played, your oh, yeah. team, you know, and that's always like every athlete has been here. So that's why it's like really cool for you to, to talk about because every athlete has been in that situation where it's like, Oh, this team I, that I was on before, now I'm on a new team and now we're playing the old team. And there's just like all this stuff with it. Can you talk about what happened? Yeah. Well, at first we had the game. It was supposed to be in the fall season, but then it got canceled because like rain or whatever. And they've been like rescheduling all the games that got canceled because like towards the end of the spring season. And then I was with my friend, my soccer teammate and her dad in the car one day. And we were like, I don't even know what we we're talking about. But then somehow the topic came up about like our games coming up. And, and then my friend Bree was like, Oh, aren't we playing your new, your old team, Devin? I was like, oh, that no, that game was in the fall, but it got canceled. And then her dad pulled the schedule. He's like, no, it's right here, April fourth. I was like, mom, because <laughs> she decided to not tell me, and then she told me that she was going to tell me at the last minute, which I was super <laughs> glad I didn't find out because then I'd be like freaking out. Right. But I had time to, like actually prepare myself. But then I went to the park with my dad, and so I got like some practice in there, and like I got a little more confident. I was like. I just want to play this game. I want to get it over with. And so we got there and like, everybody, cause my teammates, I, some of them were like really tall. Everybody's like, Oh my gosh, they're so big. I was like, guys, stop getting psyched out by that. It doesn't mean they're good, but they are good. But like, I didn't want them to just already be losing mentally. And yeah. so I was like, come on guys. Like, just don't worry about them and just do you and make good passes and stuff. And then the coach like got on to some people. Uh, we went to Florida for a tournament and he didn't enjoy something that some people did. <laughs> I forgot what it was, but I was like, this is not what you want to be doing before the game. Cause it was like our best players. I guess they, I think they're like mad about losing. I was too, but he like got on to them. I was like, we need to stop getting inside their heads because we need them. But, and then we got on the field and the first half apparently was the, best half I've ever played I was super pumped up because I wanted to win but also that I was on the left board and so but I she's the best one on the team for sure but and she's really big but I already knew she was like only left footed so I knew to just cut off the left foot and make sure she can cut inside instead of like go down the line because that's where her left foot is mm-hmm. and that gave me a lot of confidence knowing the team and where they were going to go and so it helped me stop a lot of passes and plays that were trying to be made and the coach ended up moving her to the other side because she couldn't get past me. Yeah. And so that was pretty cool. It wasn't like she couldn't get past me physically, but like I just kept taking it out of her legs because I knew where she was going. Yeah. And I'm not sure the program really helped with it, but I was really bad at throw-ins. 
like it's not that I would always pick my foot up for like a foul throw, but I just it would go like two feet. But now I can throw it super far, and I had really good throw-ins, and everybody was like shocked I was good at them finally. <laughs> and I just like connected a bunch of passes, and we tied, but we were definitely stronger as a team, and we were missing some of our really good players, but. The wind also was really strong, so that wasn't very helpful. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but that was out of your control. It sounds like you controlled what you could control with your mindset yeah. and what you were doing. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, that's cool. Katie, what did you see from the sideline watching all this? Well, embarrassingly, I too felt very invested in this matchup. Oh, yeah, I would too. <laughs> <laughs> it was just her old team is also like our Devin's classmates and people yeah. that I know from our area. And Devin left to move up to a more competitive team. She was the only one that left and did that. Mm -hmm. So I felt the pressure for Devin of wanting to prove like she was that good and like, look how great she is now. And I didn't care about who won the game, but I I knew she would not want to be disappointed in how she played in front of all her old teammates. And when one of the things that she also has been improving a lot with, which I think is all tied into it, but it's just her physical game, being not scared, mm-hmm. you know, being aggressive. And that half, my husband and I were like, oh my, I mean, she played amazing the whole game, but the first half, especially where she, this one girl is for sure, like the star of the team and everybody kind of supports her. And Devin just shut her down. And if I said to her like last year or before this program, you're going to go against this girl and you're going to like beat her. She would have been like, there's no way that's going to happen. Like, I don't want to play. I don't want to come. I'd rather just not play. And like, not people think that I wasn't better than her, but Mm -hmm. she, I mean, even the coach we still keep in touch with. And he texted my husband after it was like, Devin was ridiculous. I had no idea what to do, but she just was like, all over there was nothing like that anyone could have said except oh my god she is like incredible we like whether she improved whether we didn't utilize her to the best ability but she was like the most important player on the field according to her dad who is very critical and does not give praise easily or like unmerited and I kind of helped my team like not study, but I gave them some pointers, like mm-hmm. make sure to block the right side and go through the defense because our offense is stronger and just like small pointers and like how are how are we going to be set up? Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that's like another big ECP thing for her is on this particular game. Again, she's new to the team, but she really took a leadership role, kind of what you talked about. Like you could only control what you can. You can't, you know, make everybody's move the way you want but she was giving these girls pointers ahead of time putting in extra training herself and just really this meant a lot to her and she didn't just like hope and wish that it worked out the way she wanted yeah that's awesome and can you imagine like uh, kind of okay like what you said probably wouldn't have gone this way if you were so preoccupied with like everyone's taller than me or you know this girl is so much yeah. Like you would not have the ability to be able to be a leader, to play how you want to play, to get your, like, it just clears the path for you to be able to like, get your physical training, like have your physical training pay off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that story. Okay. <laughs> There's always those vested interests in like, it was, great. Those big it was embarrassingly wrapped up in this game. But yeah. 
But also, Devin, that's, I think I might have, I don't know if I responded with this in the email, but those are the types of games that you add to your highlight reel. So that visualization that you do, like top 10 playing moments, like definitely add that in there as a visualization, something that you see because it's in you, like you are a sum total of all your successes. And that is, that's definitely up there as one of your successes. So very cool. Okay. Another story that I just want to hear about. And then I just have a couple of questions to wrap up. So, okay. Regardless of what we think about archery as being a sport or not, it, <laughs> it sounds like there is some, some success with Devin's sister, Ashley and her competition. Can you just tell us about that? So Ashley is a sophomore and she is the captain of the archery team and the president of the archery club. And it has grown a lot in our school and popularity over the last couple of years. And I felt like this year that the pressure was definitely starting to get to her. Like when you start out and you're just really good at something, but no one's paying attention, it's not as challenging. But this year, there was a lot of expectation on her. She's usually the top or second highest shooter. And it's a lot because like one or two wrong arrows is a whole different ball game. So she came home the night before her, the Texas state archery competition from practice and she got in the car and I could just tell right away. It's just like, as soon as her friend, we dropped off, she's just bawling. It was Mm -hmm. terrible, just the worst. And she is very much someone who, once it starts to go sideways, like it's just (laughs) not good. And you can just watch her like slumping over. Her eyes are welled up. Like she's shooting as fast as a human could possibly shoot just to finish and like get out of the place so that night she Devin is open-minded Ashley is very cynical like she doesn't really she's not open for people's help she's like doesn't think things are going to work she's negative sometimes so that night I said you know I know you are cynic but why don't we try this snapback routine section of Devin's ECP. She's like, I don't need that. I, you know, and I was like, just try it. I said, right now, like you're not in a good way to go to state. Just it's like 40 minutes, whatever it is. Just try this one section. Fine. So she kind of let me put it on. And then as you started to talk and like bullet point, all the things that happen as you're spiraling downward, <laughs> yeah. she just like couldn't help laughing. Cause it was just literally like someone describing every single thing that she did. So that kind of melted her resistance a little bit to take things in. And she too really liked the snapback routine and the archery was two days. And the first day was the 3d target, which was more fun, less pressure, but she did amazing. And then the second day was the bullseye tournament target competition and she did awesome she tied for the second highest girl in her school no she t- I'm sorry she tied for the top highest girl in her school and they were the second highest people in the team and I think she ended up she got a 277 which is a really good score in archery but it just was a great I mean she went from like zero on the couch in tears to like totally pulling up and they qualified for national. So she'll get to compete in Louisville next month. Oh, cool. That's so awesome. And also in the car ride to school, I was like, why don't I like play one of the visualizations, like the category to you? She's like, no, I don't need it. And she's just like listening to her music. And I was like, please, I promise it'll help. So I played the whiteboard one and I could tell she was like, kind of closing her eyes of like not actually trying I was like come on just try one it's like five minutes and then she tried and then she told me that it really helped like oh. her performance 
That's awesome. What a good little sister. Like, I know that this is going to help you. (laughs) That's so awesome. Like this really, it really does. I mean, it's just amazing to hear as I was reading kind of your updates, I was like getting goosebumps and pretty awesome. Can I share one story quickly? I would love that. Yes. So we're supposed to have three games this weekend, but we only ended up playing two of them. But the first one was on Saturday and I went to Six Flags on Friday night and I got back late because it was like the family night and I went with friends and it was really fun, but I was just kind of tired. And so I was like, come on, Devin, you can't be tired. Wake up, wake up because the game was in the morning. And so I got there and I wasn't like dizzy. I was just kind of not in the zone. And I was like, if you're like this throughout the whole game, you're definitely not going to play good. And so I did like hot cocoa breaths and like, I didn't do a specific visualization, but just like visualized me like being energetic and stuff. And so that really helped me. And then I got in the field and we were doing really good and we won the game. And this one girl on our team usually takes the corner kicks if it goes out of bounds by the other team. And she takes the corner kicks and we've never scored off of one. So I was like, oh, whatever. going to be another kick. But I've been, whenever we practice them in practice, my coach usually asked me, like three or four people take them. And he asked me to take them. And so I was like, okay, I'll try. And so I told her, oh, I can take the corner. And I usually practice the other side. And so this side I was kind of scared to do. Yeah. But I was like, okay, just focus on your technique and lean back and get your plant foot next to the ball. And I kicked it. And then we scored off of it. Oh, dang. And, we, <laughs> and we've never scored off of it. And it, like, got us a bunch of motivation because I think it was, like, the first or second goal. And we're like, come on, guys, keep going. And everybody was high-fiving me and telling me that I did really good because that's never happened before. <laughs> so I was really happy. Yeah. It sounds like your self-talk was really good and because <laughs> – you could have easily been like, this never works. We never score on this. I'm tired. You know, you could have had all of these excuses of like, why this is not going to work out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. but you were very intentional with what you were telling yourself. And we talk about like instructional, you know, like the four types of self-talk and instructional is one of them. So even saying like, just put your foot here, you know, like those cues yeah. really do help. So yeah. And we were tied one-on-one mm-hmm. at the halftime of our game on Sunday. and. We were missing like our center back, our outside back, our center four, like three of the best people on our team. And everybody was kind of, again, not very motivated because we were missing such great players. But we all started like getting the zone once we like got settled and there was like a chance. And like I said, I used to be not very confident, but this helped me like dribble more and take more opportunities. And so I got past the ball and then there was this girl. She was bigger than me, but I knew I was faster than her. And so I kind of like dropped my shoulder down and then I just pushed it down the line and I kept running and I ran and then I beat her. And then this other girl came to me and I took a touch past her and then I crossed and it was a super good cross. And then this girl volleyed it and then we scored. And so we were winning. So that got us like really motivated again. And everyone was like, great job, Devin. Great goal. And then the person that scored. And so that was pretty good. So she got the assist on that. Yeah. Like I passed it and it went in. Yeah. That's awesome. I can, that sounds like a really, like a really cool play. (laughs) Yeah. And that's so like, if you think about the, I'm sure you've heard this before, like the ripple effect, you know, and it really does only take one thought because I just love how you, you're like, I showed up to that game, could have gone all this way, but it didn't. You chose just one small thing. It started up here in your mind. 
And then that rippled into like other people being motivated and excited and then good things happening. And then that built into more motivation. And so it's just like, it literally just started with a tiny thought and a decision by you to decide yeah. where you're going to focus. And then it just yeah. expanded and expanded. So Very cool. Well, okay. I have some logistical questions before we wrap up because a lot of athletes and moms are like, we want to do this. This is great. Like kind of in the same position you are where it's like, we don't need a sports psychologist, you know, we like, we're putting in a a ton of time and investment in physical training. And we just want to connect this mental piece, but we're super busy. And so I'm sure you are super busy too. (laughs) So I like logistically, how did you prioritize this and make this work in your schedule? Okay. I would say there are very few people as busy as Deborah. Like she has basically one day off a week, so we can do it. Anybody can do it. Well, I practice on Monday and I, I always think that it comes out on Monday, but I'm like, no, it comes on Tuesday. And I usually have a private soccer lesson on Tuesdays and it's anywhere from like six to seven 30 that it starts. And so I know like the nighttime is not going to work because I don't know what time I'm getting at home or what time I start. And so I just want to like plan ahead no matter what. And so I do it. Like I usually get home from school at like three 45 ish. And so right when I get home, I get a snack. I like put all my stuff down and then I do ECP and my mom usually to drop off my sister at the high school for archery. And so I sometimes have to start on my own, but I was like, just get this done. If you like fool around and watch TV, then you're never going to get it done. It's not going to be helpful. So I, I just make sure I do it. Cause I know I'll forget if I don't do it like the first or second day. And then if I don't, if I forget that day, then I do it um Wednesday before Tumbling. Oh, but I just like do it as close as I can when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So it's like your trigger to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would just say too, that Devin, as, as we got further and further into it too, and she started to see the benefits of it, she, it was like taking medicine. Like she was like, I know if I do this, I will do better at the next 10 things. So mm-hmm. she was pretty motivated to do it and like have the knowledge herself besides yeah. me being like, it's time. We got to do it. We got to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's always tricky. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And then what about, what about your side of it, Katie? Well, mine is a little easier because I'm an at-home mom. So so I have more time, but I was, for me, it was the opposite. Just trying to kind of pace myself. So I didn't like rush through it. And then like, it all just was jumbled up in the air. So I was kind of opposite, like forcing myself to go slow, really sit down, pay attention and do it, which I'm kind of like a 10 people at once kind of person. So, but I loved it. I thought it was, you know, very interesting for her and for myself. Yeah, that's good. And in the athlete part of it, like you said, it's like 30 to 40 minutes, but with, with all the work and everything. So it's not that long, you know, like for, for that that amount of time per week when we consider all It's like a TV show. We all have time to watch a TV show a week. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Or YouTubes or TikToks or. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Insert whatever we do. Waste time. And yeah, the mom side of it. I I like that you were intentionally slowed down. A lot of moms though do kind of just binge it. They listen to it like a podcast and. Yeah. As they're driving around and stuff that. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Last question is. What would you tell other moms or athletes who are considering joining? So Devin, we'll start with you. What would you tell an athlete who's like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this? I would definitely do it because even if like, like I said before, even if you don't think it's going to help, it will feel like 
actually try and like give it your full attention and stuff. And yeah, I think that people should do it, even if they just like have the slightest bit of like recognition that it might help because it doesn't have to help like super big like it did me, but just like even like one thing, one area that was helped is better than none. And it gives really good advice too. Yeah, that's awesome. And kind of a relief. I I mean, I imagine for both moms and athletes actually, but for athletes to be like, Hey, there's actually things that can help. (laughs) I I don't know figure this out on my own and think I'm the only one ever dealing with this. Yeah. You might as well try it. Cause it's not like, if it doesn't help, it doesn't hurt you or just, but it can definitely help you too. Yeah. Oh, that's very well said. <laughs> Katie, what about you for other, other moms that are considering jumping in? I think the thing I really liked is it just helped you be less helpless. You know, we're all kind of trying not to get so involved, but it's really hard when you devote so much of your life to, your kids and their pursuits and just, it just kind of gave you like a a framework and and almost like someone in the middle with the program Mm -hmm. to share your ideas. And they just seem more valid when it's not just mom saying. Right. (laughs) So I, you know, I just think it was amazing. Just, I can't say enough, you know, it just really, really changed my expectation maybe was like, 5% 5% and it was like 105% the difference that it's making. Oh my goodness. Oh, thank you. Well, this has been really awesome to hear and just kind of just get a behind the scenes on, on the changes and, and what you're both experiencing. Thank you again. I cannot wait to continue to follow and hear how this all goes with Soccer, Devin, I'm sure I'll see your name and like, I don't know, on the U.S. women's soccer team roster (laughs) the next decade. But yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode, moms. Quick reminder that registration is open for our What to Say Challenge happening May 14th through 17th. Head over to register so you can join us to learn proven strategies and game-changing scripts you'll keep in your back pocket for those pre- and post-game pep talks. The challenge is just $19 during our earlier pricing happening right now. So head to sportsmom.fyi forward slash challenge. That's also linked in the show notes, and I will see you there.